This episode is brought to you by GME. Since 1959, GME has been an Australian-owned family company and remains the only Australian manufacturer of UHF CB radios, with their products designed, engineered and manufactured in Sydney's northwest. GME's products cover a range of recreational activities, from fishing to four-wheel driving and touring, in addition to catering for heavy vehicles and agriculture. GME have released a limited edition range of pink products to raise money for the McGrath Foundation to assist in their tireless efforts of funding regional breast care nurses and supporting families in communities across regional Australia. You can find out more by finding them on Facebook, Instagram or at gme.net.au. Listening to the Central Station Podcast, where we bring you true stories of what life in the outback is really like and why many wouldn't live anywhere else. So pull up a stump, pop the billy on, or crack a cold one as we talk to the men and women who call some of the most remote parts of Australia home. This podcast is brought to you by Ariat Australia, the perfect choice for the tough jobs. Ariat boots and clothing work hard, look good, and are so comfortable there's never a need to slow down. Visit ariat.com.au today. I'm David Pollock. I'm from Willene Station, and this is my story, Till the Cows Come Home. Until 2006, Willene was predominantly a sheep station, but we always had a couple of hundred cattle. For a hundred years, everybody adamantly maintained that this was well and truly sheep country, until the price of wool plummeted, and later on dingoes came back. Now almost everybody has cattle. We had one cattle yard in 2006, one holding paddock capable of holding cattle, as well as one full paddock. Perhaps half of the boundary was a cattle fence. We also had 700 kilometres of failing wooden sheep fences, the destocking periods have been good in giving us the time to upgrade infrastructure to cattle standard. The destocking has put a bit of put a bit of a break on financial flexibility to the point where the bank would have foreclosed on us in 2011, but for a bit of luck. But if you have one, if you have time on your side, things most things can be done cheaply. Initially, money made from cattle trading was only used to cover the financial shortfall that, shortfall that tourism lacked. Increasingly, however, money from cattle trading has been used to fund not just an upgrade of infrastructure to cattle standard, but also a switch from set stocking to rotational grazing. Traditionally, the stock would have been spread over the entire station for the whole year, and each paddock was always apportioned a certain amount of stock. This is called set stocking. In my opinion, set stocking is unsuited to our country because it means that there is grazing pressure on the best pasture species all of the time. This has led to some of them, such as kangaroo grass, native millet and ribbon grass, becoming entirely grazed out and many others to become scarce to the point where they no longer have an impact on production. Palatable, spe- palatable perennial species need a rest in order to allow them to set seed 
and recover their root mass from grazing periods. This is the basis for rest-based grazing or rotational grazing. However, this only works if you have good control of the grazing pressure, not just from the cattle but also from the unmanageable grazers, goats and kangaroos. Consequently, the dingoes are a critical element in the rest-based grazing model and I don't believe it would work here without them. While it's only been recently that we have had enough funds to tackle some of the longer fencing programs, we previously spent a lot of time siting and bulldozing the fence lines we intend to build and installing strainer posts and gates long before they were needed. This is time-consuming, but it doesn't cost that much. The oldest fences usually ran north-south and east-west, and the paddocks were roughly uniform in size and shape. This meant that the fence was rarely in a good location, and often they cross large creeks and granite outcrops unnecessarily. When we build fences today, we avoid large creek systems and drainage lines or rivers because they are liable to wash the fences away on a regular basis. The same is true for roads, and we try to realign problem roads that redirect water flow because it ruins the roads as well as reducing landscape function. We also try to avoid having different sorts of country in the same paddock. For example... Some of the old paddocks were predominantly mulga scrub with an area of river floodplain in the corner. The animals prefer the river and would tend to overgraze it before venturing into the mulga. So now we make sure the river country is in one paddock and the mulga country in another. This makes it easier to manage the different types of pasture. It also cuts down on fences that cross rivers. We have built two more cattle yards using scrap steel and wire rope that I bought on industrial auctions. I is correct here rather than we because Francis is dubious about many of my auction purchases. It's taken a bit of time to get the materials at the right price. In one bargain bid, I bought 125 13mm binder chains for $2 each, which we use for straining up the wires for the cattle yard. Cattle also drink a lot more water than sheep and they drink it quickly. For this reason, sheep troughs are not ideally suited to cattle and we've been making larger troughs for the cattle. We use old tyres for this because they're free. A reciprocating saw is used to cut the top out, and a two-inch hole is drilled for an outlet. The stainless steel inlet pipe, which I get fabricated for the float valve, is positioned in the centre space, which is then filled with concrete. This makes for a cheap, soft-sided trough. Only one leaks because I rush the packing of the concrete into the centre. Two inches is a bit too small to empty such a large trough, but luckily I also got some cheap flexi-drive pumps at auction that are ideal for speeding up the process of cleaning out troughs. Cattle are also more partial to quality water. We have laid pipelines so that fresh water is available where it has never been before. Our best country is the river floodplains, which usually have saline soils, and the underground water that can be found in these areas is often quite saline as well. This is not a product of poor land management. The country has never been cleared and the landscape was salty when the first explorers arrived. Because of the salty soils, many of the plants that grow there are salt-loving species such as saltbush and bluebush. They are good fodder plants, but their foliage is also slightly salty. This all adds up to too much salt in the cattle's diet and so they avoid the saltiest bushes and concentrate on the perennial grasses, which is unfortunate because that's what we are needing to recover. If we provide fresh water to those areas, the cattle eat the vegetation much more evenly, which is good for the health of the animals, good for the recovering landscape, good for drought mitigation and good for the bottom line. 
Few of our wells and bores have enough supply to water large mobs of cattle that will result under the rotational grazing system anyway. This means that we will need better water supplies, or simply more supplies, more pi- more pipelines, and judicious planning to provide the animals with water. For example, some paddocks that are not well watered may only be used in good seasons when natural waters up or puddles are present. While there is a significant extra cost in providing additional infrastructure, such as pipelines, the benefits are great. Currently, a great deal of production in our area is lost because of the distance that animals are walking to water. After 100 years of set stocking the watering points, there is often no feed at all within 4 kilometres of the trough in dry periods. They are losing weight walking between the water and the food. The further they have to walk, the more production is lost. Pipelines can increase production by providing water where the feed is, ensuring that cattle can keep their energy as weight gain rather than expending it walking to the trough. A line of troughs along a pipeline can also be used as a useful low-stress mustering aid. As troughs are turned on and off, they can be used to move cattle.